Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon and at Bedford on the 21st where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out. Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley. And then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Mortimer. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you, so get there quick if you want to come and see that. Also, this richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa. Come and see me on tour, doing stand-up for the first time in six years. richardherring.com slash Ballback, coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland. Uh, and that's about it for the moment. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy Raha Lastapa. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello, it's the Richard Herring's Let's Get Here podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest this week is Robert Popper, who you will love. It's a very good one. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, why not come down here to the Leicester Square Theatre and see it live? There are three more recordings left as I speak. You may be watching this in the future. There'll be other recordings in the future as well. Uh, but on the 15th of November, we have got uh, Scroobius Pip and the 22nd and, and someone else. And the 22nd of November, we've got Ashling B and someone else. And the 29th of November, we've got Richard Bacon and someone else. And I'm going to ask him all the questions you want to know the answers to. All of them. So come down and see it. Go to lessersquaretheatre.com. I've got something caught at the back of my throat. I'm going to have to stop talking. <coughs> Keep it in. <laughs> so, coming with the now, Richard Haynes, Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with Robert Popper. Hello, Box Office. Oh, hello, is that the Leicester Square Theatre? Yes, it is. I wonder if you could tell me, I saw advertised a comedy show with Richard um, Herring on the 11th of October. What sort of show is it? Um, does he do magic and make... Things that appear to buckets or do mime. What sort of programme will he be performing for us? Um, so he's doing a, a live podcast. Um, and what, so, and what, what, um, is a, what is a live podcast? So a, a podcast is um, something where he'll, he'll be interviewing a, um, some other comedians. Right. Um, and then it will go... On to ITV live? Um, no, a podcast is something that you can listen to on, 
on like a um like a radio device and who will he be interviewing live on the radio so he's interviewing robert popper and who is he uh, to be honest, I am not 100% sure it doesn't give me any of her details. No, i never heard of him. Is it likely to be rude humour, bawdy humour, would it be? Probably. Um, I mean, Richard Herring is quite, you know, he, he's, he's kind of a bit Marmite. So some people love him, some people hate him. He works for Marmite, but the company... So he's a representative of Marmite? So, so it's, more, it's more that he, people either love him or they hate him. Ah, so the radio broadcast is sponsored by Marmite, is that...? Um, it, no, 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 it, no, it's not. It's, it's just an, an expression, don't worry. Um, oh, sponsored by Marmite is an expression, I see. And will there be strobe lighting, epilepsy? There won't be. There won't um, no, be. there won't be um, any strobe lighting. And Richard um, Herring, who is Richard Herring? What Has he been on the programmes? So he's the winner of the Bronze Award for the best comedy. Um, oh, bronze, so he came third. Well, I'll, I'll certainly try to get down. Uh, luckily, there's no strobes, epilepsy. I certainly... Will you be there? Um, I won't be there today, no. but if you're coming down today, somebody might be able to help you, yeah. Right, carry me down. OK, well, thank you so much. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's apparently quite like Marmite, according to the people who are trying to sell the fucking tickets this thing. It's Richard Herring! Hello! Unbelievable. Uh, so... Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Uh, as I was down at uh, the Arctic Monkeys gig uh, the other day, the Arctic Monkeys were on, and the uh, kids there were all calling it Rahalastapa. So, uh, oh, that's good. That's, it's, it's catching on. Uh, so, uh, it's great to be here. We've got a couple of fantastic guests. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's good. That was a very uh, amusing uh, prank phone call there, in which... The people... I have a feeling the woman who works on the box office is one of the people who hates me. Do you think that's... I mean, you know, if you're trying to sell something, you don't go, well, people either love him or they hate him. Be, they can love him or they don't like him very much. That would be... I am like Marmite, and, and people don't mind me. That is what... Because that's, that's, that's how things are, isn't it? You either like them or hate them, or hate them or love them, or you don't mind them. That's it. It's like Marmite. It's like anything. Where I don't know why Marmite particularly have... The monopoly on that, it's like Marmite. Maybe you haven't heard of it. For me, you probably haven't heard of me. That is, that's for most people. Uh, so uh, we've been having uh, fun uh, this week. Uh, uh, the, uh, what did I put? Bake Off there. I wonder what that was about. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the curse of spitting image has struck again uh, this week as we're recording. Uh, and uh, we've lost... Uh, it's, it's the curse of spitting image with the letter H. Uh, in there. So we lost Dennis Healy. And uh, recently the other one was his dad, Jeffrey Howe. Douglas Hurd must be shitting himself, hey, that's, hey? Just because he's 85 years old, that's the only reason. It's just law of averages. Uh, so it's, it's sad to see, it's sad to see the spitting image puppets dying one by one, by one isn't it? But they should bring him back as a sort of ghost series. Uh, and uh, we're one step closer to having Square Peg in a round hole uh, made into a sitcom. This is my idea for a, a sitcom starring Simon Pegg, if you were listening to that one, in which he plays a nerd, a square peg, in a, he's square, and he lives in a manhole. Uh, we're one step closer in that someone has designed a poster for that. So that is, uh, that I think when, and it's up on my website. So it, I think if the TV people see that, they'll go, well, I can now visualise what it was. 
So I might write six episodes, and then it's just a matter of getting Simon Pegg to sign. Sign. It's quite important Simon Pegg is in it. Some people would say, well, get Simon Pegg on the, on the team first, Rich, before you... I think they'll be so strong. He's not doing much at the moment, is he, Simon Pegg? So we, he'll be all over that. Uh, but look, I want to crack straight on with the, uh, with the podcast. Uh, slightly limited for time. Uh, so um, we will introduce our guest, who uh, is quite hungry, unless his sandwiches have arrived. Seriously, we'll talk about that in a second. He's probably... There's, he's, I mean, he's known for so many things, it's hard to choose one. He's probably best known as the assistant to the director from the Glam Metal Detectives. That was, that also was a researcher on that. Uh, and he's also best known as being not Janine in Hot Fuzz. Will you please welcome Robert Popper, ladies and gentlemen. Rise, Robert Popper. Here he comes. Welcome. Sit down, grab, grab that microphone and you talk into the microphone. It's like, that's how Hello. it works. That's a nice shot of the audience there. Sponsored uh, by Marmite. But it is. Well, I mentioned last week, but Marm, I genuinely, Marmite have got in touch with me and, uh, because they've heard I like Marmite yeah. and offered me something, I can't remember what it's called. I'm like an ambassador for Marmite. Right. It doesn't involve, involve being paid anything. Right, My is that name? a bit like that advert for, um, what was the ambassador's party for? Marmite everywhere. I, I would like that party, because yeah. I love Marmite enough that if it was just a man coming out with a pot, big I pot think, of Marmite, going, go on, have a dip, yeah. dip your finger in that. I would like that. Some people wouldn't like that. Uh, but I get free Marmite for life, though I'm yet to see any of the Marmite, and I've mentioned it twice now. Right. I'm sure it will come. I mean, this is... I'm and sure the, they, they all listen to this in the Marmite uh, yeah. Corporation, Marmite Corp. Yeah. And, but uh, that's not a very good deal, is it, a celebrity just to be paid in Marmite? It's not bad. But I, mean, I eat a lot of Marmite. And you? Just... So you, have you worked out financial... I mean, how much is a, is a, is a well, tub I, of Marmite? How much well, do you have a year? I eat a lot. Like, right. you know the small tubs of Marmite that more people get? That's yep. one piece of toast for me, more or less. So, so how much is one of those? Well, that's probably a couple of quid. So, so, you're, so you're having about... Do you have one slice or two slices? Uh, I usually have two slices. So, so. so it's about four quid a day. Yeah. So that works out about, I don't know, 1,400. Math yeah. genius. 1,400 quid a year. Yeah, although I reckon Marmite probably and you've got, like, get another... cheaper than, than, than we do. <laughs> Yeah, another, another... To Marmite. It's some, the bloke at the Marmite factory is sending out my... But I haven't had any of this. I only accept it because I wanted to see what free Marmite for life would be and whether it would be like, we'll send you one jar a year, which is not free Marmite right. for life. Or it might come in a, just a big, dry sort of block. But <laughs> yeah. like slowly, like, rot. So you have to chip away or something like that. That would well, be I'm nice. to see, but they haven't made good on their promise yet, oh. so I can't tell you. Anyway, let's talk about the Glam Metal Detectives, yep. which I'm, I was obsessed with. Yeah, I know. I remember you hated it. It was my first job in <laughs> That was my first job in TV, that was, working yeah. with Peter Richardson. I've hated uh, a lot of the things you've been involved with. That's good, say. yeah. So, uh, no, this will be and fun. I'm mainly going to talk about those. But I've liked a lot of the things oh, you've done. Oh, that's all right. But I have, right. A few of them are the things that I hate no, no, most. Please, please. Uh, I didn't really hate Glam Metal Detectors, but it was, it was sort I mean, of. I was, a, a I was like a runner. I mean, my yeah. job's involved. And assistant to the director. Yeah, it, it involved. God, it was a really, I had a weird, it was, it was great because it was working with Peter Richardson, who was yeah. brilliant. But I remember at one stage, I used to live in Edgware, and in the morning, I'd have to drive to South, that's northwest London, drive to Camberwell in South London, pick him up at about four in the morning, and then drive to Harlston in northwest London for the shoot, and just repeat this the whole time until right. I sort of almost died, yeah. It was good. Couldn't he not get good. a cat? And I remember having to, like, shovel up horse shit, literally, on the, on the, on the set. And everyone just laughing at me. Yeah. That was nice. And that was funnier than anything but, in yeah, the glam metal yeah, detection. Yeah, well, that's just true. That's true. <laughs> My friend Paul Putner was in the glam metal detection. I remember that, yeah. yeah. He was. Very nice man. It was, you know, there was... 
Yeah, wasn't it was of its time. And uh, who was not Janine in Hot Fuzz? What character was that? That was a man that, yeah, it was, I had to stand it in a biological suit so you can't see my face. And then <laughs> Simon Pegg said, Janine, to me. And I went, I'm not Janine. And I did it so well, that was my only line. We had to redo the line. <laughs> <laughs> like, like three weeks later in the studio, I right. had to do the line, not just there. I had to like revoice it. So it was successful, that was. <laughs> but you were inside a big suit, so probably they couldn't exactly, mic it up properly. Exactly. That was probably a mic error rather than your error. One of my first jobs was voicing this, a comedy spider in a school's TV programme. Which I love, by the way. Well, it was wonderful. You never heard it, because the tape went wrong, and went wrong, and then they got someone else in to do it. Oh, it's the tape. The technology <laughs> the then. Tape I'm sure if you did it now, <laughs> yeah. it would be wonderful again. I really thought about what the spider would be feeling, what would be, mm-hmm. how we would act. I think you talk, hello, I'm a spider. I think you talked a bit like yeah, that. Well, you're a very emotional performer, <laughs> aren't you? You really are. <laughs> um, so you did, you, I mean, that must you, did you work on the comic strip as, as well as uh, the... Well, yeah, well, I was kind of uh, doing a bit of a lean period. I remember... Like he was trying to get commissions and, and, and yeah. And uh, he was funny, Peter Rich, and he's brilliant. He's amazing. And, uh, and uh, I remember one time he had an argument with the producer, Naira Park, who went on to produce Spaced and loads of film Simon Pegg f- films and stuff. And I think he like, I think got angry with me and, and, he, and her, and he, and he stormed out, and they had a big you know, argument. And I remember it was summer. And then obviously he felt guilty and he came back and this is his like social skills, which are brilliant. He came back and obviously he felt guilty and he, he bought us a present and he bought us both, I promise you this is true, this is July. He bought us skiing gloves. <laughs> a set each. I've still got them. You sure he Never ever those? skied. Do you think he just had those in his cupboard? Maybe so, yeah. <laughs> Emergency presents. I've got some skiing gloves. I should. I, I know. What, from I'd Peter have, Richardson? No, I'd have got them in at home. I'd have brought them in. Oh, you should have. Because I don't. Well, I might go skiing again. You never know. I've, I've been once, and I won't do it again. And so, I mean, you've worked on so many different things. It's quite incredible, really. I mean, people will know you from uh, uh, Look Around You and from Robin Cooper. But uh, you were you commissioned Bo Selector. Yes, I did. Which yeah. you either love or hate. Yeah. A bit like <laughs> you, really. <laughs> I didn't like it. No, I know you didn't. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go, which I absolutely <laughs> adored. It was just subtle. It was so clever. I think, you know, but I, I, I sort of have a soft spot for Lee Francis in a way. But yeah. I think my, my, problem, my problem with Lee Francis is I saw one of his very early th- versions of uh, Avid Merian, like on, on ITV years and years ago. Yep. And it was exactly like uh, Simon Quinlank from Fist of Fun. I mean, it was, t- it was exactly Kevin Eldon's performance. And then he slightly... Uh, modified it, but basically that's why I don't like him because I feel he was he's funny because I when I used to work at Granada TV, well I say work in inverted commas because that's when I wrote my books. But um, <laughs> he used to, I got to know him, and he he's I mean he's a, he's a really funny guy. He uh, he used to just turn up at the offices at um, TV Centre, whatever it's called, the horrible building. Oh right? yes, London, London yeah. Television Centre that's yeah. just from the 70s still, and he'd turn up there in a character, like a different character with like big teeth and a woman's wig and like a dress and regularly wouldn't get allowed in just to see me. He wouldn't tell me he was coming and he would just leave me like a parcel of weird stuff and the best one he ever left me was a parcel and inside it was a Polaroid picture of him being thrown out by the security people dressed, (laughs) you got him like that. And he, but I got that and that was, oh, I was here and I was thrown out. He used to do those things, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. 
But obviously, you just, you know. No, no, no. no, no. Next question, please. I'm just... I'm just I'm never, I think I never got on to Channel 4 because every time I went in, uh, Andrew Newman would go, you're the guy who doesn't like Bo Selector. <laughs> and then he'd tell me why Bo Selector was good. And then I would be asked to leave. <laughs> when, I was trying to, when I was trying to pitch ideas to him. So well, I, maybe I now you should use this well. to say that it was the greatest comedy programme ever. It, better than 40 Towers. And you'll just get... Your program yeah. is made. Yeah, that's. I'll try, yeah. I'll try that. I'm not sure he's still there. You also commissioned black books, uh, black books and spaced. Were you involved in those? I, I was involved yeah. in them, but I didn't. Commi- yeah, I worked on those two shows. Yeah, yeah. that was good. So that kind I of stole makes, a book. I stole a book from the black books set actually when I was down there as a commission, trying to meant to be important. And yeah, and I've got it, and it's called um, it's called the best of British bacon recipes, and it was so good. It's a thin book from the 70s, and it's got a map of Britain, but done in bacon. <laughs> It's amazing. And it, the first line was like, everyone loves bacon. I thought, well, I'm Jewish. I don't know about that. But I, I mean, I actually do love bacon, but you know. Yeah. But, um, they all do. Yeah, it's they good. all it's, do, It's, it's actually it. worth looking afterwards on, on the line, online, because yeah. it's just a brilliant image. Okay. Jews eating bacon. <laughs> That's the whole book. It's just the, the best of British. And then at the end it goes, but Jewish people don't like bacon. And it has... Crying Jews being force-fed bacon. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I think they like bacon. They just like it on the pig, don't they? they? Like the pig to stay alive. Is that the idea? I don't really know. Well, just... uh, I've got, I've got too, I've got too deep into a subject I don't yeah. know enough about. Right. Well, you mean they just sort of lick a pig? No, they it. like, they like the bacon being on the pig still, and the pig still being alive. You mean they just like pigs? As well, do they hate pigs? And that's why they won't eat the pigs. Oh, they just hate the animal yeah, pigs. Yeah, they, they hate them so much they won't eat they them. They just hate pigs. Maybe yeah. it's that. I don't know. Who knows? Well, yeah, I don't know. Is there a rabbi in the audience? I thought, I thought you might be able to clear it up They're for me. All rabbis? Oh my God. Um, that would be weird, wouldn't it? They're just all rabbis. <laughs> and uh, look around you. We'll, I mean, we'll do a quick whiz. There's so much to talk about. There's so many different things. But look around you, which uh, you wrote with uh, Peter Serafinovich. Peter Serafinovich? No, which? Peter Serafinovich. Which? Yeah, yep. uh, and uh, I saw you interviewed about it. And uh, did you make some that you didn't put out, or did you just write some that you didn't put out? Because you talked about an episode about a goal. Oh yeah, we wrote, we wrote another episode about this was a sort of scores on televisions series we made. We made two of them, like the second one was like a Tomorrow's World thing, it wasn't as good. And the first one was like more sciencey, educational experiment things, like yeah. And um, and yeah, we did. We wrote another episode called Gold. And, uh, you know, it had, a, yeah, one, ex- I think one of the, yeah, there was one thing that I liked in it that was kind of freaky, which was something about gold being used as an alloy or something in a lot of research, and, and in, in swimming pools, in the um, diving boards, for some reason. And, it, and the, the shot was uh, of, a, of a girl, like, climbing up the, the, to the top of the diving board and, like, bouncing, and then diving into the water and it was and while this is going on it's saying you know the gold is so strong as an ally blah 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 and he talks for about a minute and she dives into the the pool and you just hold the shot and he keeps talking and then you just realize after about a minute and a half the girl's never come out of the water it's just <laughs> it's a girl and she's definitely dead and there was another experiment where we should have done it oh. Where uh, we you get a you get a raspberry if you feed um, electric current through a raspberry, a gold coated raspberry that was it which you had to shave you had to shave the raspberry first that was shave <laughs> it's coated and you feed an electric current and it's put through a woman in a box then like a double is made but it's not mentioned but the double is kind of sort of a bit simple <laughs> and it's all in a kind of 
sort of weird, like, Russian-type psychiatric hospital vibe. And then you see the woman who the double was made from playing the piano really well, <laughs> and the double sitting next to her watching her sort of... I wish I could do that type thought. And then at the end it said the double is then led away. <laughs> I think it might have been destroyed, I can't remember, but it was, it's clear that's what was going to happen. But that never got filmed, though. You just, that was just... We a, never... That no. was, that's not just in our heads, that is but, on paper. Oh, is it? It's on yeah. paper, but it's not in yeah. your heads. Yeah. And you, again, you did that... You, so what were you doing? You were just working at Granada as a producer or as a... I can't remember when I did that one. Because uh, you, uh, you, you said you got all the um, on the interview I saw. You said you got all the. Oh yeah, tapes I used to work at Granada for two years. I can't remember what I did there, but um, <laughs> well, I got given my own office, and I didn't like deserve an office. I think I just got moved, and um, it was brilliant because I had like, you know, I, first time I had an office, and uh, I was away from everyone. It's just wonderful facilities to do my own stuff, and I'm, I was saying when I was writing the time waster letters, these silly letters I used to write. I happened to find this book called Directory of British Associations, which was like 600, 700 pages. And I spent like a few weeks secretly photocopying the entire book and just writing letters. And then the printer was just outside my boss's office. So I'd press print and run before they'd see the kind of mental drawings <laughs> of scarecrows and things like that. But yeah, I think, yeah, and we, we did it around then. Um, yeah. We made it as a short film, first of all, yeah. Um, I wonder how much because I know we used to work at BBC Light Entertainment when I had no money. I would uh, we'd use the pho I'd use the photocopier to photocopy all my programs for Edinburgh. So I'd do like a program of <laughs> Rara Rasputin or whatever yeah, it was. Terrified and, anyone's going to come in. Yeah, and two thousands of thousands. Yeah, the of whole copies, time. Most of which I didn't give out because not many people came to the show. That I then I did then reuse them as I print use that as printing paper. But I remember when I worked at Channel Four for a couple of years as a commissioning editor. I, we had made um, this the short film for Look Around You, and then it was like on VHS, and the only way of getting around was to give people VHSs. And we just made it for fun, but then we thought, oh, wouldn't it be good if we could like get a TV show with it? And so we started. We thought if we give people the VHS, that's how the buzz will, you know, spread. So people would come and pitch me shows, <laughs> and then I would I'd somehow make. <laughs> the conversation go to my thing. And they go, oh, I, th I think I've got a VHS here. And what I had, I had about 40 VHSs, <laughs> but their labels face down so you couldn't see them under my TV. And I would try and take one out without knocking them all so they'd all spill. And you'd just see, look around you, look around you, like I'm really <laughs> sad. I think I've got one here. <laughs> so did you meet Peter on, was it on Space or something like that that you met Peter? How did you get involved with Peter? No, I was involved in a, another terrible thing. Um, I worked on a thing which was called You Are Here, which is a thing I co-wrote with Mark Frieden, who runs BBC Comedy, uh, Matt Lucas and David Williams in 1998. It was like kind of like The League of Gentlemen, but before The League of Gentlemen, but much worse than The League of Gentlemen, because <laughs> they did it brilliantly. And uh, I met him there, okay. and we bonded over a thing in the evening we used to call Pot Club. <laughs> And can you tell us more about that? I feel is my duty. We would as collect uh, pots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think I got it. So, um, and what I'm very excited to talk to you about. This is a leaping forward a bit, but you worked on South Park for a few, for a few episodes, which yeah. must have been amazing. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was. It was a bit scary. Actually, it was the one when, when I worked on when they did the one where they got death threats for. Um, <laughs> The uh, Muhammad thing. Oh, so that was funny because, uh, yeah, it was funny. I was staying in a hotel at the time, actually. I remember this. So, so we were working on that. Um, and 
you're in a kind of glass, big glass office. And um, I mean, all the time you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, it's South Park. Oh my God, they're doing the voices. Oh my God, he just did Cartman. <laughs> and, um, and it was during the, they did the first episode, it was a two-parter and they had death threats. I don't know if you know, they did Muhammad. They were gonna show Muhammad and they didn't show Muhammad. And then they had proper like death threats. And then while we were in there, one of the office runners banged on the glass, you know, double doors in there. He wanted to say, talk, talk, and I think Trey Parker went, not now, not now. And he banged again, he said, not now. <laughs> and he went away and wrote on a piece of paper in red and stuck it on, on, the, on the glass. He went, the FBI are here. I <laughs> thought <laughs> well, that was brilliant. And, 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 and when I went to my hotel in the evening, I went to bed and then I remember getting up in the middle of the night, just checking it was locked, my door, just in case a terrorist came in. And I just have enough time to leap from my balcony seven floors up to they, my They desk. can't get through locks, those no, terrorists. they can't. With their bombs. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not as subtle no. as that. Um, so how did the, what was the process of writing a South Park episode? How does well, that work? Well, uh, it's really Trey Parker does it all, really. It's, uh, it's like um, them. It's Trey and Matt and the producer and the three writers. And you sit in the room. And it's weird. It's, it's, you get in at 10 in the morning. You have, like, a nice breakfast. And then you leave at 1 in the afternoon. Three hours. Right. And no one... The other writers said, "Don't you, you, you? It's so weird how this show is done, and you, you don't. No one has a laptop. There's no. No one writes anything down. <laughs> and Trey just walks around the table, making you nervous, round and round. And he's, he's clearly a genius. And uh, he just wants three ideas. He wants three scenes. That's all he wants. Yeah. And then once he's got those and you know jokes are made and blah 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 blah, blah and, but he doesn't nothing you think oh he'll remember that he doesn't nothing ever written down right. and at the end like by about 12.30 he'll write down three things I don't know Cartman is ill the doctor comes Cartman's mum blah 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 and then he goes okay you can go now he says it's half past 12 being here two and a half hours and then you have lunch and you go home and then when you come in the next day the writers say watch what happened now and then Trey will come in and say okay do you want to see what happened what we did after you, after you left yesterday and then you follow them into the edit suite, and then it's not just he's written it, you never see a script, it's just finished. The three scenes are animated, voice, music, done. It's weird, it's all done in six days, unbelievable. Yeah, because I mean, it's so topical, even when we see them here, you're gonna go, how have they, how have they got this out so fast? And, and apparently, they're millionaires. <laughs> Seriously. Pound millionaires. Pound millionaires. Pound <laughs> sterling, sterling. <laughs> what is sterling, anyway? What is Sterling. It's, you, know, um, you know, it's something very important. Is it something to do with silver? I don't know. Pound is sterling. Is there some silver somewhere that's equal to a pound? There's a pound Maybe of silver is. somewhere. Maybe there is. And you can go and look at it. And but then they go, is, that's is there it. anyone in from the Royal Mint? There probably is. <laughs> the Royal Mint seems unlikely. <laughs> statistically. Anyone know what pound sterling is from the Wikipedia nerds? <laughs> it's the gold oh, standard. Gold Shut standard. up, Beardy. <laughs> That that could be anyone. But let's face it, that could be that could have been anyone. That's not a good insult for my audience. Be quiet, woman, without a beard. Well, uh, you know what it definitely is, and what is it? Oh, well, I don't know. Well, you shut up then. Coming here, all superior, thinking you. Look, at, I'm going to get you on film for that. Yeah, you probably were anyway, because the camera was pointing. That's him there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's where the that's, that's where the marmite thing comes from. <laughs> I think that's like one of the maybe. I either love or hate people. I can understand yeah, fair that. Fair enough. I can understand that. Um, 
Well, let's talk about Robin Cooper, and I'll go, I'm going to ask you some... I've got some new emergency questions as well, but I'll ask about Robin Cooper. The thing I've got... but we I owned both of these. And Thank I, you. I think me, me and my wife owned a copy each of the first one. Uh, and uh, what I noticed, though, I'm interested about the time, letter, time wasted letters. On the front page, on the cover of the first one, it says, this is the funniest book I've ever read, Matt Lucas, Little Britain. Yep. Then on the cover of the second one, it says, uh, oh, no, damn, it's, it's different. Uh, they are. What was it giving I, I fucked up. Well, I thought it said the same thing. <laughs> but it says even funnier than the funniest book I've ever ah, read. Ah, you see. Damn it. He's one step ahead of you, Matt Damn. Lucas. I didn't. I misread it. I had, I had a whole bit worked out about Matt Lucas. Oh, do it anyway. As if. No, no, as if. No, I go can't on, do go it. On, No, do it. I thought it was the same quote, and I thought you pulled the same quote off. I think the one inside is... Oh, what, what, what was it going to... Where was it going to Sorry, I'm going to edit this bit out, because oh. I look stupid. <laughs> I was going to think he had like some kind of... Me- I thought you'd just use the same quote twice, like people do on their books, and then... No, just- why would you think that? It's, it's, every, it's, it's every completely book, different. Every why, why, book why that Matt you- Lucas reads, he just thinks he, he's, he's got some kind of memory deficiency where he doesn't, doesn't remember the last book he read. And I'm too, so every book he reads And I'm too book. scared to say, Matt, sorry, it's the same quote. <laughs> uh, but they're very funny. We talked Thank about you. Backstage, we talked about the clarinet letter. Uh, in the first one, uh, what I, li- I think what I like about it is that you know, basically as Robin Cooper. So did Robin Cooper start as the as the letters first, or were you doing both the phone I calls? I think I just wrote to. Um, I found this book, and of a British associations, and uh, I think it cost like six hundred pounds. I thought, well, I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm going to photocopy that for free, definitely. <laughs> and uh, it just had you know the British Buttons Society yeah. and, and and the Leicester Buttons Society, like variants of every type of thing. And I just thought uh, I'd write. I think the first one was um, I wrote to was about uh, was it scarecrow? Was it? Yeah. Was it? Was it? It was a beef scarecrow. Yeah. And then they questioned whether it was. It was to go, no, I know why. I know why. It was a friend of mine got Mark Freeland from who does uh, BBC comedy. I used to be friend, you know, work with. He sent me. He said I haven't had any post at home for about three months. The only <laughs> one I keep getting is this garden catalogue. And he sent me it, and then I thought I'd write to them. And it was it was uh, that I'm a, a garden furniture designer. And then I, I, I make scarecrows and I have a, a range of scarecrows made, made from beef. <laughs> and they wrote back saying, uh, thank you for your beef scarecrows. And I replied, I said, I think I must, I must have made a, a, a typo. I actually meant, of course, Beale scarecrows. B-E-L, no such thing. <laughs> and then I think their letter was like, re-Beale scarecrows with like drawings of... Um, they were based on Roman themes, weren't they? I they were based on they were. Yeah, Leviticus on, and Roman. It? Leviticus in distress was one of them. <laughs> uh, well, I don't remember. But they're very... They, they're, what I like is they're a lot... They're very crap, yes. But no, but a lot of the people who respond are very encouraging. I think, like, they... I don't know if they realise it's a joke and they just are enjoying the fact... Because if you're working in a job and your job is to answer letters, a lot of it's very boring. Yes. So if you've got one you think this person's a bit crazy or having a laugh... I can actually, I can waste some time as well pretending I'm doing my job but actually having some fun in return. For some yeah. of them, I think. Yeah, some I, reckon, people are I reckon it could be a couple, yeah. Some of them are genuinely yeah. annoyed with you and hate you. Oh, yeah, there are a few that definitely say you never contact our association <laughs> ever again. But she's very that was pa- the British Colour Makers Association. <laughs> that was um, a colour I'd invented. Uh, <laughs> but it was called Green. And when they wrote back, they went, re- I don't know if they did it on purpose or they went, oh, they went green and then they realised they'd just written green and then with a pen made the N into an M. Yes. And it was all about, I remember, it was about, um, it's impossible to, to explain the colour because you can't put it into words, but I will try. Weirdly, I remember this. Okay. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, green is like a field of undiluted emotion. 
cut clean with steel scissors, wielded by a fragrant farm girl who has just written a belated happy birthday card <laughs> to her dearest nephew. <laughs> that was it. And then uh, I think it was, uh, uh, they asked me to send colour swaps. So I thought, oh, well, I've got to invent a colour now and do this. So I thought, well, I can't do that, obviously, because of, it could, you know, people could steal this colour. But what I'll do is, you're based in Oldham, and I looked up, and there was this famous bridge there. I will paint the 26th hoist or whatever it is, railing, with green. And, and then they said, we can, this would be an act of criminal <laughs> damage, and we cannot condone, please do not contact us ever again. I mean, you know, but on the off chance that you had created a new colour, yeah. that was a big step for them yeah. to just dismiss you. They could have said, do it somewhere else. I should have gone up and just painted some weird <laughs> splurgy colour there. <laughs> I mean, just imagine how much money they could have made out of you. Yeah. Oh. But the lady with the scarecrows, is very enc- they're encouraged, and they say, please send details of the products. Uh, but then you, do a, then you do a bird trap uh, thing, oh, yeah, basically. I do you had an idea of trapping birds <laughs> in yeah. a, basically a homemade what was it called? Venus flytrap called uh, a Taup and... Oh, a the Taupendulator. That sounds Taupen. sort of horrible. It was... It was like a bird thing, but it wasn't mentioned that it actually it contains quick-setting glue. It's attracted and... What is it? I can't remember what it was, but it was something horrible. It's right near the front It there. was... Um, well, yeah, so then there's, a, there's a bag you can throw the bird away in afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was... That's it. Torpendula fixed in flower bed vegetable patch by ropes. <laughs> Syrup made from camphor, petrol, iodine and co- cream mix poured in. After 24 hours, I don't know why, birds and gulls become attracted to odour and fly in to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> so I shouldn't be laughing at myself. What I kind of like about it is that it's not even, it's, connect, it's sort of entrapping birds that weren't necessarily any problem in your garden. <laughs> they're, just, they're attracted by the thing to be killed. It's like you can't get, it's just going to be a never-ending process I, of dead birds. It is it? quite a sweet little bird. <laughs> bird triggers lid to close, enveloping the bird. Wings are glued together. <laughs> and then it says, after 10 to 15 minutes, bird is disposed of in bag. <laughs> <laughs> and what do they say? I can't remember this. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing myself. <laughs> we regard ourselves as a bird-friendly catalogue. <laughs> I feel that this product is particularly cruel to birds <laughs> and thus in no way suitable to be considered for selection with regards Emma Hutch. She didn't even sign her name, she just put a row of name. Unlike the, the, the beef st- scarecrows, which they were considering. They were, yeah, they were considering. to see more I of went the too run, far. The <laughs> These are very good books. If you get a chance to pick Cheers. them up, they really are the kind of thing that you... I mean, you've got quotes from every single comedian in the world here. And Lee like, Francis, your favourite. Fr- it's, it's a toilet book, book, you know. I like, you know, I like Lee Francis. Just wish he wasn't as successful as he is. <laughs> but it is. It, I was, I was at, you know, it's one of those ones where you're laughing on the tube and then embarrassed because you're laughing so much. What, while reading or just laughing on the just tube? Just laughing. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> laughing, remembering <laughs> afterwards. Um, I'm going to ask you, I've got some new emergency questions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would you rather ones? <laughs> no. If you had to go for a week's holiday with one of the puppets from Spitting Image, <laughs> which would you choose? And bear in mind, the puppet would choose the holiday destination. So what I'm, in, what I'm envisaging here 
is <laughs> that the holiday would be with the puppet yeah. and the puppeteer as well. Oh, one right. of the original puppeteers so the and con- the person doing the voice. Right. The whole uh, but time. they would, in all the whole time, they would stay in character as that. So I wouldn't, wouldn't see the puppet. It would be like a shelf or a, <laughs> yeah. a unit. Yeah. Right. And you wouldn't be able to talk to the puppeteer or the a part of the holiday wouldn't be like Steve Coogan would have one at the end of the evening you could have a drink with Steve yeah, Coogan. Like he, would just be, he would just be there <laughs> doing, doing the Jeffrey Howe voice oh. or whoever you chose. Oh, Jeffrey which, Howe. Which, which, which De- definitely Thatcher. Yeah. Because she's the only person I can 65% imitate. That's it. Okay. But she wouldn't like that if you... Oh, you're right. I, no, I'm not doing would, the voice. Yeah. You're definitely Thatcher. Yeah, I think it would yeah. be fun. Yeah, because she, she'd be fucking annoying, wouldn't she? <laughs> Where do you think you would go on holiday with... Uh, did she... Did Thatcher... Did Margaret Thatcher... Did she, she ever go on holiday? She didn't take holidays. She, she didn't sleep. I reckon it'd be somewhere in Eng- somewhere in England, but somewhere Eastbourne, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Eastbourne. What do you think? Well, not, Eastbourne with, uh, with the not Brighton. I reckon definitely not and Brighton. We, right. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. That's the first answer to that question. And, and and would we like? And I'd share a room as well, so yeah. it'd be just full on. Yeah. Would you have right. sex with the puppet if, if, if it came up? It depends. It depends. Yeah. If the mood was right. Do you think having sex with a spitting image puppet of if you're married should count as cheating or do you think that that is... I think that would be allowed. If it was Margaret Thatcher and you had sex with it well, what would and you went back to your wife and I wonder if it was me, I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't choose Margaret Thatcher but I might choose... Who would you choose? To have sex... Because they were mainly... Uh, I'd probably have the Annika Rice puppet. <laughs> I don't fancy Annika Rice but I fancy the Annika Rice spitting spit image puppet. Right, yeah. But if I could have sex with that, that's not cheating, is it? Because it's not actually Annika Rice or a human being. No, that's not cheating. No, that's, so that's my wife just... couldn't complain about that. No, definitely. There's no grounds for complaint for that. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we're I think it'd be Margaret Thatcher, yeah. Because yeah. I, f- I think her voice is just funny, just generally, yeah. just that. Steve I won't, I won't do my impression. Go on. Steve, Steve Nayland did the voice of that one. He did? I think so. I think maybe Steve No, did. but I, I... Right, I used to do phone calls, as you know, silly phone calls, but I, I once phoned the House of Lords as Thatcher, before she died, and um, and, 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 and House of Lords, and, and they thought it was... They said, oh, hello, Baroness, and it's basically asking if I'd, I'd left my bag there. And they would look for... And they said, what's in, can I tell you what's in the bag? And there's just this list. And there were two apples in there that Geoffrey Howe, because he, do, do you know he grows apples? And uh, a, a Pippin and a Cox, I think, and they wrote it all down. And there was a table tennis bat. And it was, I, asked, I asked them if we play table tennis. Yeah, and no thing, I talked about a bit, a bit about like how to spin the ball a bit. And they looked for it. They said, can, you, can we call you back? And there was an excuse why they couldn't call me back. No, I'm not with my phone. And then uh, I called back and they couldn't find it. But yeah, they, they were really upset they couldn't find it. Yes, Baroness, sorry, Baroness. Unbelievable that they would not. And yeah, mean, there's they, no. You know, there were no. Check, you think like, there's code like a code word, word yeah. you'd say, like Lamborghini Nine. <laughs> Lamborghini Nine. It depends how late good, into it? Just phoning up. Life it was though, because she obviously she was uh, she went a bit do lally towards the end, mm-hmm. so they they have to they can't be rude to her. No, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you were playing. That's what you were playing yeah. on there. Yeah. I was, I was mainly trying to you know tease her and other sufferers of. What did she have? She had uh, Alzheimer's. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to insult. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ask you, I've got another new emergency question. Go on. Why do elephants have such low rates of cancer? (laughs) In your opinion. Oh, in my opinion. (laughs) Because there are, you know, there's the the normal opinion. Yeah. 
They've got, no, they've got five, 5% of elephants get cancer, but 25% of humans get cancer. Mm. So that's a little bit back. Maybe is it something to do with like lack of smoking and passive smoking? Well, it is part Because they're quite a low smoking animal <laughs> group compared to other animals. Well, I would also say it's probably to do with the fact that um, a lot of wild creatures die before they get very old. But they get picked off. But, yeah, sure elephants, elephants live quite old. They, they live to like 400, don't they? Or something it's like f- that. Well, 400, 500. That is part of the answer. So you got that partly correct. It's also because they have 20 TP53 gene, uh, genes, whereas humans only have one. It's basically sort of smoke 20, alarm. 20, 22, something yeah, like that. Somewhere yeah, somewhere yeah. around that. So uh, you've read Foster as well, yeah? It's like a smoke detector of You've cancer. read a lot of Foster, the, the elephant of... expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, well, I just read that online. Uh, <laughs> But uh, can you name another animal that is very cancer resistant? Uh, yeah, a millipede. <laughs> Might be. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. No, it is. It, it really is. Uh, the naked mole rat is my answer. Is that right? Yeah, that is it's very. Uh, barely so, gets what cancer. is the highest cancer? What's the most cancer ridden? It's not like I know everything about cancer. Well, you and seem to know a bit about I've it. I just know three facts that I've written oh, right, down. Okay. I thought it'd be interesting to but know. But what would you imagine would be then? Um, the most cancer, I yeah. think, well, human being. And no, then, we're not us. Okay. We know that's obvious. Chimpanzee. Oh, it could be. Especially the ones that they have in laboratories smoking. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> there. It's probably the ones yeah. that, or just the, the, all the rats they inject with cancer. That's yeah. probably the highest. Actually, butterflies, <laughs> yeah. 100% deaths of cancer. <laughs> Butter, butterfly cancer is the, is, is the highest. Yeah. Yeah, with butterflies. Good. That is a fact. Sport is intrinsically stupid. Discuss. <laughs> but I agree. I mean, okay. yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it is. It is. Yeah. So I used to really like football. Yeah. And then I like it less now. It's just too long as well to watch. It's 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. If it was 60 minutes or 40 minutes... Just watch the highlights. Yeah. Even that, they're too long. Maybe 40 seconds. Maybe a 40-second game right. of football would, yeah. would be good. With, like, a faster ball, it just goes... You know, that would be good. With but a ball I mean, that could kind of went so fast if it hit another player, it kind of sliced their legs off. That would be good. It just went that, through yeah. them. Yeah, that would be good. Made a pure light radar energy. Yeah. That, and you could do, when you do like the free kicks and the guys, the guys are, are standing in a line, you know, the wall. Yeah. And you could line them up and see if the ball would go through them lengthways. Yeah. That would, that would be good. I'd watch that. Why, what, you, I, I imagine you're a very... You love sport. I love all sports. Yeah, you love all sports. A snooker. Uh, I like listening to football from outside the ground. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good. What, that's you know what I always hobbies. thought would be good yeah. for radio? Squash. Yeah. <laughs> It'd just be the squeaks, the whole thing. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Trying With no to comment- commentary. Well, also, also commentary as okay. well. Okay, he just hit the ball. He's just, he's just <laughs> it's just okay, it's just like that, and just squeaking, the, the constant squeaking, and people go ah, like that. They don't do it. They should do squash on the radio. Five Live. This is on Five Live, isn't it? Yeah. It will be. So this will go after the, the squash or before the squash. Or in the or in the middle of the squash. Squashed in the middle of the squash. Okay. I'll shut up now. If you were the prime minister. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. 
With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Would you use nuclear weapons? Well, all the time. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh... <laughs> It's a shame. If I was Prime Minister, I would use them straight away. Because <laughs> why buy them if you're not going to do it? I'd, and I reckon... Right. I reckon 40% of the time, they wouldn't fire back. Right, yeah. So I think you're like, you could just win the world. Because I think they'd see... If you just got here and went, bang! Then the Russians and everyone else and ISIS, they'd look at their screens and go, oh, it must be a the mistake. ISIS screens. Yeah. <laughs> it must be a mistake. Um, we'll, 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 wait. we'll ring up and just check it because you, if you get there if you see that A if, if, if you launch nuclear weapons I think most people they're there as a deterrent right I think you'd have to be a bit of a prick to fire back right because if you fire back you're basically saying I'm going to destroy humanity I would be, if I was sitting there and the and nuclear weapons were coming to me I'd say well played well, well, yeah, well played yeah. and that's, so yeah because it was a terror so that's you, what you, you think, think as Prime Minister yeah, you just arrive First day, and then he takes his, and here he is, a momentous day. Richard Herring, a bawdy Marmite comedian who somehow has been elected. He's never said, he didn't even stand for a prime minister, he's elected. And he is momentous day, and he takes his death, and you just open the drawer and immediately just press the button. Yeah. That's straight away, the red yeah. button. But I'd do it secretly, I wouldn't do it on right, the TV. Not on TV. Because then, then they're they'd coming. Know, they'd know. And then they look, they'd either go, well, if we fire back, we're destroying the human race, okay. so do I want that on my conscience? No, yeah. no, no. B, maybe it's a mistake. So I think 40% of the time they wouldn't... 40% of the time they wouldn't fire back. So you're just banking them respecting you. Yeah. Just, that, that's how... I mean, that's not win. a bad way to begin your, your prime ministerhood. <laughs> Of just gaining respect from, and then you can go to the meetings, yeah. and they just really respect you. <laughs> I mean, they don't be They've dead. all got bits of their face missing yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> and then you know, I think we spent all the money on them, and it's a shame not Might to as use, well use them. them, or just don't have them and pretend we've got them. That's yeah, the but other. that's boring and a lot of work. It's just <laughs> easier just to press the button. I'm with you on that. I could, be your, I could be your vice okay. vice prime minister. Yeah. Well, because probably you need two people because you have to do that thing where you both turn a key at the same yeah. time. So you'd need to convince someone yeah. else. Lamborghini then, yeah, 9. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely do it. I reckon, you know. But I, I genuinely, if I was the Prime Minister and they were being fired at me, I wouldn't fire back. 
So it's don't make me yeah, prime minister is yeah, what I'm saying. Because yeah. either I launch all the nuclear weapons or I <laughs> fail to respond. And I've just said that and the Russians will be listening to this and go, why would you fail? Prime why would you fail? I mean, if you're prepared to kill... Well, because they've like, killed everyone, but then everyone's dead, isn't it? You'd have to be a real chump and a real party pooper to go, I'm going to fire back. Because then everyone in the world's dead and all life is wiped out. Or out. Whereas if just the ones come in, Britain's wiped so out. So party pooper is the thing, is the <laughs> yeah. term to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want history to judge me. The nuclear me. party pooper, <laughs> Richard Herring. History that would last four more minutes would judge me and go, oh, why did he fire back? What a prick. Why did he have to be a prick about it? We fired ours, we won. We fired them first, so therefore we won. No one thought we'd fire them. My worry about nuclear weapons, it's like having guns in the house, isn't it? That, that you're you, more, you, you you're more likely to, they're more likely to go wrong for you. Yeah. One's bound to go off, right? One's bound yeah. to go off. So you, you keep, I know Richard was saying before that he keeps guns in the house. Yes. <laughs> He showed me on his phone, he showed me a picture of his baby. Just guns. Yeah. Guns. Oh, sorry. Baby with a gun. But, you know, if you've got... But, like, baby holding the gun like this to his it's head. It's nearly always in America, like, so it is like kids will pick up a gun and shoot someone, or, like, an intruder will get your gun and shoot you. It's the same with nuclear weapons. There's been about 20 cases where nuclear weapons have been in fires and stuff. And in things fires? Have yeah, like, there was... Like, oh, in America, yeah, in there's fire. been a one where, like, a, a, a thing carrying live nuclear weapons crashed, and it was all on fire, and they were all going... <laughs> But they oh. never actually go off, Ooh, do they? It's gonna, well, they will do one time, and it's more likely, I think, than them firing at us that ours will just go off. And then so you we'll might as well just use them now. Yes, yeah, so get rid right, of them. Yeah, because they're that. dangerous, get rid of Honestly, them. Honestly, I think if you stood for that, that is your platform, you, yeah. could, you could probably get in power. I'd vote for you. Okay. Done. Good, good one vote. One vote. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we should, well, let's talk about more about the Robin Cooper uh, phone calls, because we talked about the... Uh, I was listening to a couple. There's a, a very enjoyable one you did about uh, UKIP when you rang up UKIP. Oh, yeah, what was that? Oh, yeah, was asked, it when I You asked? just had lots of rumours about uh, <laughs> Nigel Farage. And again, it was what was interesting was the woman, some of she going, no, that's just nonsense. Yeah. And then some of she going, well, I don't know about that. I, that sounds unlikely. Was it that, uh, that is it true that he, he goes to the toilet in the pub? <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't go to, doesn't use the loo in his house. He just does goes in the pub. <laughs> He's always in the pub, isn't he? <laughs> and was it, did he, was it something that he, he Burnt a dog, a light dog. Yeah, burnt dogs. And burnt she went, no, dogs, she went, no, that's definitely, definitely not true. Definitely not true. Does he cuddle his wife? What? And then she said, do you cuddle, does he cuddle his wife? She said, yes. He <laughs> does he cuddle him too much or something? No, when she said, he, he, when he's at home and he needs to lose the loo, he use, uses the loo at home. And when he's in the pub and needs to use the loo, he uses the loo in the pub. That was how she described. It. Oh right, okay. Um, but there, there are there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of fun. But they, was it a Robin Cooper thing with the Gordon Brown, the Tangerine Gate? Was this? Yeah, hey, that was weird. That was. Um, uh, I sometimes I just want to make a stupid phone call. It's ridiculous. So sometimes my my wife will come downstairs. She'll be like, I'm just I'm just on the phone, and uh, I um, was phoning. I think it was LBC, who I'm now banned from. They know my number. Right. And I can't I can't get my house number, my number, and my wife's mobile. Banned. And <laughs> doesn't work. And so I was phoning. Normally I don't really think of what I'm going to say, but I remember it was all about... Like, I turned it on, it was about Gordon Brown. It was the time when he was meant to be a bully. There was rumours he'd been bullying. And all I had... In my like, kitchen I was phoning, there was like a lemon in a bowl. I remember that. And I was phoned, and then I, I said... And I, had, I thought, well, how am I going to get on? And the operator asked, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well... You know, I, he came to my place of work and lost his temper and went mad. And we think, well, they're gonna, I'm going to get on. They said, hold on, we'll put you on. I thought, well, what am I going to say? And I, so I basically said that I work often in a lamination factory. And Gordon Brown came, he was very nice. And then 
he got one of his underlings gave him some message and he lost his temper and he threw, he was eating a tangerine that was it was a tangerine he was eating a tangerine at the time and he got so angry he threw the tangerine and he called the person a citric idiot <laughs> and and the tangerine landed in the lamination machine and broke the whole machine and and he, anyway so i did that and i thought well that was funny great I'll, I'll, I'll take that and I'll put that online and I put it online and then about a week later I got sort of on Twitter or emails this is when I, I it was about one in the morning I was laughing myself to sleep but <laughs> this story got picked up and it was in the Financial Times it was on in the Sun like the Times that you know that did he throw a tangerine into a lamination machine. And I don't know if you've seen, like, online, like, the, I think it's like a Hong Kong news agency that make the animated stories of the news. They did that. And throwing the, the tangerine, like, like that. Yeah, so, yeah. It's called Tangerine Gate. It's bigger than Watergate, bigger than Watergate. <laughs> and did you, was that after the kind of stories of his bad temper had come yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, it was just, so it was just after then, yeah. Yeah. So it was I was quite proud of that one. It's, well, it's, but then it's interesting in what people will believe. So, like, there's been a lot of kind of crazy news stories that we've discussed in previous podcasts in this series about David Cameron or whatever, or you know, or just general st- people. So people now can say something, and that's enough for it to be true. Which that which that story was in the past. If you said something about someone, people had to go and kind of research no, no, it and check I, it. It I definitely always, happened. I always wanted to start a roomy. I don't years ago. I don't know why, but it was just so sort of bland. And that Moira Stewart, the newsreader, had severe gout. Don't know why. <laughs> just thought that was a good weird rumor. She's got terrible gout. It's sort of believable enough. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's just, but you might oh. hit on the truth in, in, the, in these ways. You know, what if yeah. Gordon Brown came and said, I did throw a tangerine <laughs> into a laminating machine? How did they find it out? It was a navel this? orange, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, well, if, if you've got a few hours and days to spare, you, I mean, what, what you, you don't get paid for doing these ro- no, this is my it's just for your own expensive stupid. hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like doing that. And <laughs> it's I, stupid I, it's amusement, just, I don't say. know why I do them, it's stupid. But um, I, also, I watch a lot of the religious TV channels. Uh, which are between about number five, eight, seven, and five, nine, five on Sky. And um, they just have, sometimes they're on and they go, call, and it has their number, and you phone. And sometimes you, they answer, and you're just on television. I mean, they don't, there's no filter, just on television. <laughs> oh, uh, even I'm shocked. And it's like, yes, what can I, yes, brother. They often call me, because the voice I do, yes, sister, oh, I'm not a woman, I'm a man. <laughs> and there's a lot of that, yeah, so I've got... Well, there was a preacher on who since has been put in prison for child abduction, I didn't realise, and Gilbert Dayer Ministries, I used to phone him a lot, and one of them was, he was, I think it was about the pain in my buttocks, and I, I just get him to say the word buttocks, buttocks, about <laughs> 55 times and praying for them, yeah, I just, yeah, getting them praying for stuff is, is good. Well, I saw one, and it was, uh, I don't know, it, was, it must have been in the UK somehow, it was a couple of, it was a religious people, and they were black people, and they were talking in Ethiopian, you were saying, I don't yes. know if they were Ethiopian, but it was like, you went on for quite a long time about it. About your friends, and then they said, "We're going to do a bit now in our own language, so you can't be. You'll have to go." Like their their way to get rid of you was to go. Yeah, there's a bit coming up now. No, it was an Ethiopian language program, but I managed to get on and talk to them in English. And it was, you know, they got one hour to talk in their language, and I obviously using up their time. But yeah, there was one man. I don't know if he spoke English. He was really sweet, and he he looked like a guru type. And uh, I went on and I hello, and he was. Uh, hello, and then he started speaking. Um, it might have been Arabic, actually, and uh, or Punjab. 
And he was really sweet. And I went, hello, how are you? And he answered. And it was just a sort of three-minute him just smiling at me, not understanding me, me not understanding him. But it was sort of really... A bit tragic as well, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they're not nasty. You know, there's a lot of prank phone no, calls. No, I mean, only the, the bomb threats, though, apart from those ones. <laughs> but they're quite benign. Yeah, they're and benign. And just weird. I mean, it is about wasting people's time. It's really, just, I do, no, what, what it is really is just, um, I just like the fact that this, this, this conversation existed. Yeah. So we are talking about, uh, I did one to the London Eye that I was raising money. I think the charity was called General Awareness. <laughs> And, and, uh, and it was just that we've had this conversation existed, not to be horrible or, like, you know, if, they, if they're, like, really bad at their job, I won't use it. I don't want to show anyone up. But it was about that we were going to, can we paint the pods in the London Eye black to symbolise? I know, it was also for, for, for a disease called Seraphantasi meticuliculitis. And, and it was, uh, can we paint the pods black so when people are in there, they feel the suffering? And they said no, and said, well, uh, the other person, his name's Dave, David Fibrosol. I think they're little sachets of stuff for your stomach, actually. I got that name from him. He was going to eat paint. But it was just David Fibrosol said he'd eat paint. That. She's like, okay. <laughs> just this image of this man just eating paint out, out of a tub to raise awareness. And did, uh, did your sandwiches turn up today, by the way? Have you had anything oh, to eat? Oh, God. I was meant to ask you at the beginning because you, have, you haven't eaten anything. No. Because you came out without any money Well, today. I came to town a bit early because I've just had a baby. And, uh, Who hasn't? Yeah. It's easy. And whatever. And, 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 <laughs> That's all you have to do. No, actually, we didn't do that. <laughs> method, actually. No, we didn't. And, uh, <laughs> and it's even easier. It's just that then. That's yeah, even yeah. It's just like that onto the bed. <laughs> Rolling it. <laughs> Go on, ma'am. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, and yeah, and we were, I, was, I came to, I thought, well, I'll come to town because I need to get a shirt. Because I'm going somewhere smart and don't have a nice shirt. Yeah. And I actually haven't bought any clothes for about two years. And I can do this now. I go two hours early to town. And I went to town, I went to the shop, and I found a shirt and some T-shirts and things. And they were ready to, to, to pay. And I realised I'd come to town with no money. Nothing, not a penny. And I didn't have any money left on my Oyster card. So I thought, I don't even know how I'm going to get home. And I'm really having any lunch. So I phoned my wife and said, any way you can get me any money somehow? So she put money in a jiffy bag in a bike or a car. Yeah. She said, oh, I can do that. I said, great, to send to the theatre. It still doesn't turn up. And um, then I thought, text her, any way you could send me a couple of turkey sandwiches? <laughs> and she, she texts back, okay, do you want ketchup with them? <laughs> no, it's okay. But they haven't turned up. I don't no. know if they turned up. We could have, have given you, I could have given you some money. I was too ashamed. I was going to ask you, can I borrow some money? But yeah, I thought I'd be too ashamed. I'm paying or you Or borrow for from this. you guys. I would definitely, you know, if I could borrow from you guys. <laughs> it's a scam. We've worked out this complicated yeah. scam. Rather <laughs> making you look like a crazy person. It's come out with a... <laughs> you give me I 40 pounds now. I come out with no money. I didn't understand. It's the first time I've been out in, in the public for <laughs> 20 no years. Money. I didn't know we needed I money. I looked in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I have hundreds of pounds on me. <laughs> it was quite embarrassing in the shop because uh, we, you know, he rung it all up or whatever. And I said, oh... I don't have my wallet. It's just like, I don't know what they think of you. Just wasting their time or you're weird or... And I go, and I went, oh, my wife took my wallet. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> I said that. And I, oh, is your wife nearby? Yes, I'll go and say, oh, oh, do you want me to hold the items for you? So I went, yes. And he said, what's your name? And I just went, Philip. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. 
So then I was walking around town for like an hour. I had nothing to do. I didn't eat anything. I was quite thirsty. So there's a man waiting with your shirt, yeah. just waiting for Philip to come Philip. back. Probably won't go. To, probably his shift's just, back to empty. Yeah. I can't go until Philip comes back. You can't close the store. <laughs> Philip, where's Philip? So then I was walking around town, and then uh, I thought, well, there's, I passed the photographer's gallery. I'll go in there. It was three pounds. I didn't even three pounds. I thought it was free. Wow. So then I walked on, passed the homeless guy, asked some money, went, huh. And then the best bit was, though, I passed the theatre where they've got the commitments on. Yeah. Obviously, worst music in the world. And, but what was good is I've always, I've never known how to, I always thought commitments, is it two M's, two T's, and it's one T. So that was good. <laughs> so I've found that out now. So you've had an exciting day yeah. out in the city. And that is commitment to you, right? <laughs> um, and so let's talk about Friday night dinner. Wait, do people confuse it with Grandma's House a lot? No. no. They did at the beginning, because yeah. they said, oh, there's a Jewish one, and now yeah. there's another Jewish one. So what's it like working with Rebecca Front? <laughs> no, I think you just got confused. Yeah. <laughs> it must be all the Marmite. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's, uh, well, it's, it's, is it very much autobiographical about it's you? Sort of a little bit. I mean, the idea was that, um, yeah, it was more about like go, going home. Uh, I used to do like go home to Friday night dinner quite a lot with my brother, and um, we just sort of revert to being children when we go in and I thought well that's a kind of universal thing I think and also dads all go a bit weird my dad's yeah a bit weird and uh, it was <laughs> so a few things that happened there that gave me the idea one of them was once when I was years ago this I was at home and I was washing up and my dad was in the the room like watching tv or whatever and he was eating and I promise you he he just took a swig out of the bottle of ketchup he, I promise you, I, I'm not, he just picked the ketchup up on his own, <laughs> didn't look around, and just drank, drank from the ketchup. Then did that with his finger around it to clean it, going round like that, and then put the lid on. And I was so stunned. I didn't say it. I told my brother, and that was, and my dad denied it. I, I, I never did that. <laughs> Things like that, and just that, and, and once finding in his office a sticky note with the word penis written on it, <laughs> but spelt wrong. P-E-N-U-S. Pinus. So, was, yeah. The other thing, also, me and my brother, we used, to, we used to do things to my dad, like, when he'd watch TV, he'd just become, like, totally absorbed in the television, and you couldn't, if you called him, he wouldn't hear. So we used to get the remote control, and this is, we had a TV where, like, if you press it, you wouldn't see the things on the screen. And over the course of, like, five minutes, we would make the sound go quieter and quieter, <laughs> and then it was like the... It would be the quietest voice you've ever... You couldn't hear it. And it would be silent, and my dad would still be just tuned into it. And then over the next course, the next point, we'd just do it till it was like at 60, <laughs> the loudest TV in the world. And he'd be watching it, and then after about half a minute, he'd go, Oh my God! He would freak out, he'd realise we'd done that. <laughs> that, and, and any time my mum had a haircut in the house, we would take the hair bits and put them in my dad's water. So the whole meal, he'd just be picking his tongue. <laughs> so it was those things I thought, Oh, well, I kind of wanted to do something that reflects. Sort of bullying kids, basically. It yeah. reflects that, really. Well, it's like the way, as, as adults, you still retain the relationship you have as, a, as kids, I think, isn't it? When you go back to your parents, yeah. you still you revert to being teenagers again. And I know when you go home, you're made to remove your clothes. Your, your parents are naturists, aren't naturists, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? They very much are. Yeah. Well, everyone in Cheddar is. There aren't any clothes. <laughs> there aren't any shops. That's why we don't have any money or credit cards, so we can't buy any more. So they just rot, rot away. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it is. It, I mean, the first series was pretty autobiography. Yeah. 
autobiographical, I can't say the word, but that, about yourself, it means. <laughs> and uh, then you sort of go, I can't just do that. I have to, they have got to, the characters then become their own things, really. Yeah. yeah. And do you, how do your family feel about it? Because I wrote a, a thing about my family as well. Uh, and that some of them liked it and some of them didn't like it as much. So do your family... They liked it, but there's occasionally, yeah. why did you say that? I never did that. And, well, you did. You did drink ketchup. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's occasionally, though. No, they've been, they've been really good, yeah. Yeah, they have been, actually. They've been... They've been you know, it's just, it was just... I based the, the, the dad character on my dad because my dad just has a way of saying things that don't connect. So one thing he said that was weird, I'd heard that someone had died and they'd been to the funeral or I thought they'd been to the funeral, and I said to my dad, it's just so strange, I said, um, how was the funeral? And my dad said, lovely. <laughs> I went, lovely, and my mum went, Michael, you didn't even go to the funeral. <laughs> and he went, yeah, but he doesn't know that. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Why would you lie, say you went to the funeral because you wouldn't know if I went or not? So, yeah, it was that, that, I wanted to sort of capture that kind yeah. of uh, that, that thing. Well, I think it's, but everyone's probably, I mean, I assume everyone's got that, or just everyone I know has insane families. Because it's like, it's, you're in this little enclosed unit and you know everything about each other and you're very, and so there's a lot of, and you pretend, I think like a lot of families pretend, isn't it? Once you come out of the house, you're pretending you're different than you were inside the yeah, house. Yeah, totally. So that's, that's presumably why so many comedies are about. Yeah, I just wanted it to be really, really, really specific. Yeah. Just, and they talk in their own way and they have their own phrases. And it was that. And then when I thought of the idea of having a neighbour who's scared of his own dog, then I thought, That'll be like the added sort of quirk thing yeah. to it. Yeah. Mark Heap is amazing. Because no one can act with him because he's so funny. Like when they open the door, he's funny, Mark, because he's, uh, he's obviously mad and brilliant. But he, um, people laugh the whole time during the scene and he actually gets quite annoyed. And there was a scene when Simon Bird laughed and Mark just whacked him around the head in the middle <laughs> of the scene. It was fantastic. And which one are you? Are you Simon Bird or Tom Rosenthal? Actually, the boys aren't really that us, so I'm probably the mum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and is anything happening with Tavu? Your how's that going? Uh, that's like a religion me and uh, Peter yeah. invented, and uh, yeah. Well, we me we're meant to be writing a script for HBO. Well, we are writing a script for HBO. <laughs> it's taken us so long to write. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're probably hopefully they're not listening to this. But yeah, it's 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 a bit late. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult writing scripts though. So this is a religion that you've created that's been a sort of a. Vaguely like well, it was me and Peter. Cults. Always used to imagine that our religion, don't know why, was was called Tavu, and that God was called Tavu. And then we created a website called Tavu.com, and uh, to we we sort of we just to make ourselves laugh, we created like a Wikipedia on it, and we started writing the religion just for no money of, as usual, just a sort of expensive hobby, just to make ourselves laugh. And we did it for months, and then we realized we had about 500, 600 pages of just nonsense and ceremonies and type of foods they had, mamphy cakes and things like that, and, and the Taru's prayer. And we were just really addicted to it. We went a bit insane. And then we made a few little shorts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just no, no reason for that at all, really. Yeah. But it's a good way to create... I mean, I do a lot of stuff that's, that's for my own amusement. That I, some, some of it I don't put out. I mean, a lot of it I do put out. But don't out. you find that's the, like, the best stuff? Yeah. You enjoy it the best. You're just doing it because it makes you laugh. Yeah, well, I think when we used to work with Stu, a lot of the time think we'd do things for ages and not even think of... I think like Moon on a Stick, we used to say that to each other yeah. all the time mm. and take the piss out of each other in exactly that way. And then one day we went, oh, maybe we should try that in the that's double exactly, act. That's exactly... And, yeah. and then that's the most successful thing for the double act. Now, my new thing I'm doing is just to make myself 
and my wife laugh um, is that uh, in the, the woods near we, where we live, they have like a, a nature centre. And uh, I th it's like, it looks like it was, it's just grubby inside and it's got like pictures that school kids have done. You know, like we visited and we saw this, this bird, blah, 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 and drawings. And then there'll be a very detailed analysis of bats and then a graph to show like rainfall. And, and just, it's kind of grotty and smelly and blah, 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 and just old. And I thought, well, I could invent an animal and, and, and do a whole section there and just put it in there. So I invented these animals called Sneeples, and I printed them out. This is just a waste of time. Yellowed <laughs> yeah. the paper with, like, tea bags. Went to Ryman's, got them laminated, and stuck them up. And there was, like, a whole thing about Sneeples and their, their, their babies, which are called Tibbies. And there was like a poem about from like 1780 about um, like brave Sneeple of old or something. And that was there. And it was there for six months. <laughs> and then it got taken. I was just thinking that the person that was like, Sally, is it, who put the sne Sneeples? Anyway, so that's down. So the new one I've got is I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to do some carpentry, which is going to be hard. But I'm going to get like a, because they have these things in the, in, in the woods, which are like, Rope top of whatever, like this has not been touched since 1975. Uh, you know, we're growing. What woods are these? You, live <laughs> you know, like we're growing fungus okay, in here yeah. or whatever, not yeah. fungus, I don't know. And uh, so, and they've got like a wooden pole with like a wooden board and then the, the notice on it. So I'm going to get one of those and I've already printed Sneeple nesting area, right? And it's good and it's all like telling people not to, there's no ball games. One bit it said no ball games, stroke hoops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so I'm going to put that out and it's yellowed, it's all ready to go. Can't wait to. I'm trying to work out how to get like the long bag in with the long pole and <laughs> to hammer it out. And my wife, who's terrified of these things, is look out. <laughs> but we're going to use the baby as cover. It couldn't have been us. Maybe we could use the pram to put all the wood in. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Prams are very useful. I, I would say to people who don't have babies, get a pram. <laughs> Serious, because they're really good. I found like when I'm. I've, I've got to carry like. After I'm posting loads of stuff or taking, I was taking loads of books. Your book survived to well, the charity shop. you came with the pram, did you? But you know, you can go if you go. I took out the baby, but there's room under the pram. Yes. But I was thinking, if I didn't have the baby, there's a lot more room in there for extra stuff, and it makes it very easy to move around heavy objects. I yeah. Say. So. But so, do you ever just take the pram out to go shopping? I will do. I think from now on. But I would suggest to people who don't have babies do that oh, to buy well. a pram. <laughs> like a good sturdy one, and then just fill, and then people look. They, they people come and look in a lot. Yeah. And then if it's just full of just junk, baked beans, <laughs> it's full of tins or junk. Like I, you know, I had a big. I sent a big box of programs to up to Manchester for my show. Usually, I drive up. I went on the train. That's very useful for that because that's very heavy. You could just push so, it. So you know, buy a pram. They're, they're this expensive ones, but you can get them for like a hundred quid. And then you can. I mean, you can get a shopping basket as well, but it's yeah. not as good as the pram. Because there's two levels to you it. You can make a kind of, in the shopping then, you can make a kind of sinister baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of mushrooms. That would be weird, just seeing people looking and seeing a, like a mushroom baby. I think that would be I think it'd be good because people are really nosy about babies. And, you know, my baby is very friendly, which annoys me because she's yeah. always getting people around and stuff. And also just like dangerous because there'll be a te terrifying drunk tramp <laughs> who's, uh, you know, you would annoy, you avoid usually. And she's going, ah, and you go, no, don't get it, no. So she loves all humanity, which, you know, you've got to hate that. <laughs> so I'm trying to make friends. But it'd be good to have just something terrifying in there. Yeah, yeah. But also you can, you can use the baby bit if you, you can't put tins in there. But it would be good to have something soft things around the baby. Really terrifying in there. <laughs> just like, a, I don't know what it would be, like, 
scissors, lots of scissors. <laughs> lots of pointing out, though. Yeah. A mass of scissors, but glued together and pointed out. <laughs> that would be good. Like a clump of, like a fat hundred scissors. <laughs> or they're inside like a quite a realistic looking baby and then the scissors come out of their face. <laughs> if you look at it, there's a sort of... Yeah, and it's, been, it's positioned so you know it will never... But it comes out really fast and back in again. <laughs> and so with no evidence that this happened. So just, yeah. yeah. Subliminal yeah. scissors. Oh, I think we try and do that in a real baby. I mean, like, it's easy to have another baby, so... Yeah, you've got one already, so, so yeah. you'd use the second yeah. one as that. Yeah. I'm it's sure your wife wouldn't mind. Some kind of scissor. Dane, you murdered. I mean, it's really good. You know, Jonathan Creek wouldn't know, would it? How... Do you look, I looked at the baby, and then yeah. there was, there was or a even, hole in my... Or even Rosemary in Time. Yeah, good for them. Which I've sort of begun watching. I started watching it ironically... And now sort of quite like, have you yeah. ever seen Rosemary? It's the most mild, it's just the mild, it's mild. <laughs> My wife would watch it occasionally, just said, oh, it's mild. It's just, because her mum would watch it. And I watch it and laugh and take the piss. Now we've started taping it, right? <laughs> Honestly, we watched the first, they had the first ever episode. It's pretty good, actually. Felicity Kendall got chased by this woman with a, with a, with a, with a knife and she was stuck on the balcony. But luckily the police came. It was good because her partner... <laughs> Uh, Pam Ferris, his son, is a policeman in it. Oh, that's and good. And he can't act. <laughs> okay, Mum. I'm coming as fast as I can. Is that her real son? Is that why he's got the job? Yeah. Oh, it could be, actually. It could be. That's how it could be. that often happens. It's like when Compo's son became Compo in Last of the Summer. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. I think I've only ever seen, like, two-thirds of an episode of that. Like, accumulatively. That's, that's you pretty know. impressive. <laughs> It was the one with the bathtub, wasn't it? <laughs> Which I've never seen, but in, everyone has seen it, they even though they that. haven't seen it. They all have that. They all have that. In the, I missed last someone. It was so. It got to the point where you would notice with Peter Salas's scenes, he was just he'd always be sitting in a chair. <laughs> they would just cut to him, and he. It was. It's kind of almost. It's like a bit like the uh, Daily Mirror cartoon page. If oh, you right, go and yeah. read those. None of them have any jokes in there at all. Some of them no. are just a conversation between some cartoon have characters. you ever read... They're never a joke, and it was like have that. Have you in... ever read Doonesbury? <laughs> yeah. Doonesbury? Yeah. And, and they've now got Doonesbury Classic. <laughs> what do they mean? <laughs> do, do you know what they... Have you ever read them? I've read them, and I don't what understand do they mean? them. But I always assume with Doonesbury that if you were into it, you would get it. But with the Daily Mirror cartoons, it's like there's just like one that's a woman, and she just... So it looks like she's going to be. It's going to be funny, and then it's just a conversation. With yeah, it's conversation. It's like the beginning of a conversation, and, and then it ends. You think, oh well, I must remember to look tomorrow. It will come. It doesn't carry on. It would end like the panel would end. Well, maybe we should go inside. And that's it. You know, they'd be at a door. I think cartoonists get away with a lot. Yeah, Doonesbury does. <laughs> But so yeah, last summer wine was a bit like that, and that there was there was it's very gentle. I was mm. very into Diagnosis Murder. I, I, never had, saw to, that I had to watch that, and I can watch, I can genuinely watch those like a hundred times. I don't know that one. Oh, I mean, I know of it. Get, I'm, I'm going to buy you all on DVD and send it to you, and you have to watch it. Someone sent me the whole of Goodnight Sweetheart. I've been to Goodnight Sweetheart as well. Are you into it now? You like no, it? No, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by it. Okay. If that's on, I have to watch it. Okay. Did you like Alf? I, did, I didn't really see very much of Alf. It was quite funny, wasn't it? Or was it me? It was funny, or was it terrible? It, the mix. There we are. It's Marmite. Marmite. It's, Alf is like Marmite. Marmite. Everything's no, like Marmite. I got into Alf. It was a bit weird. I don't know why, yeah. but I, 
I even bought the doll. Right. I've got the doll, and it, it's got a talking box thingy in it. Talking box. <laughs> talking box. You know, it does his voice. No, it does Margaret Thatcher's voice. That would be good. An Alf toy that does Margaret Thatcher's voice that just says, I'm not really dead. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Jeffrey. I think it'd be quite nice if the spitting image, if, when people died, their soul got transferred into their spitting image puppet and then there was somebody who could go or and watch them all living together. Their soul got transferred into a different spitting image. But they had to try and do the voice of whoever they were. <laughs> yes, they had to. And you had to go on holiday with them. <laughs> yeah, we could. What is worse, bestiality or necrophilia? Hmm. What is worse? Yeah. I mean, they're both good, right? But which one is... Yeah, is, yeah, is, this a, is this a trick question? <laughs> what is worse? Oh, if you prefer, which is better, necrophilia or bestiality? What is better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same question. Um, what is worse? Oh, God. But yeah, uh, you went to Oxford, didn't you? I did, yeah. 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 I was at Oxford uh, at the same uh, time um, as the Prime Minister. Worse? <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I was watching today, there's a documentary I was just flicking, it was on the war, and it was an ex-Nazi. Right. And obviously I like to shoot. And he was, he was talking, he, he, after the war he ran a pig farm. And it was weird, he was talking about the pigs, and blah, 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 the German pigs that had 16 ribs compared to the Spanish one. This does have a point. Okay. And uh, not just about pigs, uh, pig biology. And um, he suddenly said, when I was a kid... Uh, I remember a very tall, I was five, handsome German man uh, took his penis out and waggled it around <laughs> and I hid. And then he made love to the calves. <laughs> and the calves didn't seem to mind. Right, he just said that, so this man. And then he just talked about pigs and being a Nazi. But it didn't, it wasn't, it was, I don't know why it was in there, why they left <laughs> it in there. It's just, why, and why did he say it? He said, I never told anyone, not even my mother. <laughs> Can you imagine telling your mother that one? But I'm evading the question, oh, I don't know, animals is worse, uh, and dead animals. Dead animals is definitely the worst. Dead animals so is the best. Saying, out, of the be out of all of them, dead animals is the best. Is the best to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. In my experience, dead animals are the best, yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to have to wrap up quite soon, so I'm going to have to just knock out a few emergency questions that are very so important. So any more smutty ones, Richard? No, no? Well, I'm not that kind of person. No, you're not. Um, what crimes have you got away with? Uh, that's a good one. Oh, God. I mean, I suppose a lot of the things you do, I mean, technically, a lot of the... the, oh, the uh, mm. that putting signs in the wood is probably a crime. Well, my wife was worried that, that I, because she said, you're going to get caught, and it's going to be in the local paper. And I said, I want to be caught, and I want to be in the local <laughs> paper. That is my aim, is to be caught and be in the local paper. That I, 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 That's I, my attitude towards uh, stealing penny, <laughs> pick and mix. I do you do be, them still? I still do it, because I want to well, be caught, and I want to be in the paper. you shouldn't do that, because a friend of mine worked for, uh, a, like, a, a chain, I can't say their name, or was... And they had, for a while, in their pick and mix, um, like, grub, beetle grubs. Right. Is that to try and dissuade me from stealing them? Yeah. They <laughs> we'll did, like, we'll the show Richard Herring. We'll I can't remember what they were called, if they were called biscuit beetles oh, yeah. or something like that. But they were, like, they had... An, it was either Woolworths or somewhere else, but they had, like, an infestation of... An, 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 yeah, so... Is that why they closed down? I think so, yeah. 
Because Pig and Mix was the main thing about Woolworths. So if it was the only infested, thing, it was it? infested. And Don Estelle selling his CDs, his uh, cassettes, rather. Cassettes. He used to go around selling cassettes in Woolworths. Did he? Yeah. Did he do like tragic. live PAs? Yeah. Right. It was it was <laughs> utterly tragic. I actually have the Don Estelle book now. Chris Evans, not that one, or that one, uh, lent it to me. He got one. It's, a, it's called uh, Thoughts of a Gemini. I talked to Robin Ince about it. I haven't read it yet, though. But well, one of the worst book I ever bought was I went into Clinton's Cards and you know the card shop and in the in the window they were advertising the autobiography of the chairman of clinton's cards <laughs> and it was called pick a card <laughs> and i bought it and it was like 19.99 and i think it's out of print now and and um i was talking with the i don't know if you know the comedian reese thomas and he got obsessed as well and i bought him a copy and we were going to do a, like a book club and both of us read it and we just never did. <laughs> and I did a clear out and I gave it away to the uh, charity shop. Yeah. I, should have, I should have read that. Definitely but it was all about the pictures were like, like first Clinton's cards like in 1992. Yeah. The second Clinton's card. <laughs> Here I am with the staff in Burke Hampstead. I had the idea of selling cards. Exactly. Then I sold cards. <laughs> then the internet came along. And I did sell cards. <laughs> I always thought a good idea would be, you know, like... Um, we had to write a lot of thank you cards when we had our baby. But, like, you don't get your welcome cards. You know, when you get thank you cards, I think, like, a card, a ready-printed card that just says, you're welcome, <laughs> and send it back to someone. <laughs> I think you make at least a pound yeah. with that and idea. I won't no, do that. no, don't say anything. No, don't mention it. That should be the next one. Don't, yeah, exactly. Don't, and don't then, no, my <laughs> pleasure. I said, no. It goes on and on. All right. Really specialist... Maybe the guy from Clinton's Cards, I could get in touch with him. Maybe he could, yeah. we could do, a th us three, we could give yeah. up the comedy thing <laughs> and we could just set a very specialised cards. I think it's the way forward for cards because they've been, they've been ruined. My wife, the one, the one in the Westfield closed down, I think it was a Clinton's. Right. My wife's very upset because she likes to go and buy cards and she likes to select them. She's a serial card buyer. <laughs> she just <laughs> she buys is. cards. She loves buying cards. But, you know, on the internet, it's not the same and you can, you can now change them so they say what you want. But you don't want that. You want no, a proper you, card. No, you do want a proper card. And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing that's gone. But I think there are enough people in the world that if you did something like that, there was a never-ending... Yeah. Thing. You remember like when Facebook came out and there was poking and you'd poke someone, they'd poke you back and you'd poke them back and you'd and then it was whoever it was like an endless game of who would poke You're who'd be the one poking me. who would stop poking because you would lose the game. So I think if you did something that cost increasing <laughs> amounts of money. So you let them in for what it's one P for the first card, but by the time you get to the tenth card it's like five, ten pounds, twenty, fifty, a hundred. But then there's a shame to being the first one to duck out of the exchange and you'd make millions. We should definitely will make millions. It's like an upside down pyramid scheme. Yeah, that never works. And that must actually, you know, the reason a pyramid scheme doesn't work is the pyramid hits the ground. If the pyramid's up that way, it endlessly no, can go on forever. I remember my parents did a uh, my 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 mum and dad did a pyramid scheme in the eighties. And, they and, did and it or they were involved in it? They were involved in it. In it. <laughs> Actually, I tried to set one up. That's illegal. There it we is are. illegal. Yeah, and and we go. caught it because then I think it was called something like the Californian Gold Circle. And then I did one called the San Francisco Silver Circle. But I was too scared to do it. But they did make money. I remember, <laughs> yeah. like, money went... It was weird. Like, they made, like, a few hundred pounds. It well, it weird. works for the people at yeah. the top of the pyramid. It works and they very, would very laugh well. and laugh. <laughs> Even the people in the first, second or third layer. But then there's not enough people in the world by the, by no. the 20th layer. That's where we step in, with the cards. <laughs> You're welcome. The My pleasure. Your pleasure. <laughs>
And people would be interested just to see what the next one would be. Yeah. You know, you, well, can, uh, you have to think. It's, it's the... like a serial, isn't it? Like, what, mm. what will happen next? And then one just goes, "Oh, fuck you, fuck off, I hate yeah. you." The no, then it goes to it just ends with "Thank you," yeah. and then it goes, "You're welcome." It starts again. <laughs> Right, well, we have no more time. I can't ask you any more of the emergency questions. I was desperate to find out which eight Richards you would take to a desert island, but we'll never... We will which never what? Which know. What? what was that? Who? What was that question? There's a man's come on with your sandwich. Dave's come oh. on, there's your sandwich. Thank you. It's Dave. That's Dave Cribb. Current, current producer. I like to keep oh, the producers on their toes. It's going to be the blandest sandwich. I'm not going to eat it, but it's going to be just butter is it, and Is turkey. it turkey and tomato ketchup? There we are. Just turkey... Might not even have butter in it. Let's get a close-up of that. There we go. There we are. It's nice in... Uh, nice, it's nice proof. In. And if you, is there enough money in there for you to get your shirts, Philip? Some money. Yeah. <laughs> and turkey sand, money and turkey sandwiches. What more do you want? What a, that is what an amazing way. If, I, if it was my wife, she'd just tell me to fuck off. <laughs> she'd say, fuck off and no, walk home. What was home. weird was, your wife made me the sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that's very nice. <laughs> and it's your money. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. Ladies and gentlemen, give a big round of applause. Thank you. Robert Papa, Robin Cooper, everyone. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Let's go and eat your sandwich. You have been listening to Richard Herring's This is the podcast. Me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Robert Popper. It is good, isn't it? I like it. The music you're listening to is by Pest. Uh, the thank you to the Leicester Square Theatre for having us here to do this. That's very kind of them. Also, thank you to Go Faster Stripe for organising everything and sorting out the Kickstarter that made this free for people who are watching it. Not you, you're listening on the telephone, aren't you, you idiot? It was produced by Dave Cribb. It is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Stripe production. I hope you like it. Can you stop rustling Chris back there, George? Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please just tell your friends about them. That would be the very least you could do. Uh, do come down and see us. We record at the Leicester Square Theatre. There's still a few left in this series, but we'll be doing more in June and July 2016, and then maybe the autumn 2016, if there is enough interest. Or come and see me at, on tour doing my show Happy Now. Go to richherring.com slash happy underscore now slash tour, and you can see if I'm coming near to you. Get in touch with your local theatre and ask them to book me if you would like me to come to your theatre. Anyway, thanks for listening. That's all for now. Goodbye. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks very much, richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for those remaining Rahalastapa dates, Rahalastapa, and richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>